TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. October is Civics Awareness Month, and United States Court of Appeals judge and former Supreme Court nominee Douglas Ginsburg is challenging America with 100 questions from the U.S. Citizenship Test to see how well we know our civics with civics fundamentals with Judge Ginsburg. Interest in civics has declined, and according to one recent study, too many students are learning less and less about the Constitution, the three branches of government, and how a bill becomes a law, which stifles their participation in the democratic process. Appointed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, Judge Ginsburg was later nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court by President Ronald Reagan. As one of the top appellate judges in the nation, Ginsburg has heard over 3,000 cases and is currently a professor and or visiting professor at three different law schools. He's on the line to discuss civics fundamentals with Judge Ginsburg. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you, Vicki. I really appreciate it. And that was an excellent description of uh, what the goal is here, to uh, really get us back to where we were as a reasonably informed electorate. Those of us for whom high school is a distant memory all had civics, and that's just not the case anymore. So many schools and school systems have eliminated civics or downplayed it. Very few states now require it for a high school diploma from a public school, and that's not the way it used to be and not really a sustainable situation for a democratic republic. We are supposed to be governing ourselves, and we have to be reasonably informed in order to do that intelligently. So we want to get civics back into the schools. This civicsfundamentals.org program is free to teachers as well as anyone who wants to sign up. The teachers also get uh, support materials, a teacher's guide, things that they can download and use, flashcards and so on. So we're making it easy and I think attractive and entertaining. Mm -hmm. Now the video medium is what students are used to for learning, a lot of them and a lot of it, and so we're using video to good advantage with with all the things you can do these days with graphics and and so on. And in two minutes, you can convey a lot of information and things that are memorable and not just the answer to the question. To pass the test, all you have to do is give one of the correct answers. If you're asked, what is George Washington famous for, you can put down any of the four or five things that are viewed as correct answers, leading the the army of the, uh, the revolution, being the first president, and so on. But there are things beyond that that are worth knowing, and in two minutes we can bring out some of that. And asking, in a lot of these cases, what's the reason? Why is the way, this the way it is? You know, the question might be, what are the two parts of the uh, Congress? And, of course, it's the House and the Senate, but why are there two parts to the Congress, Vicki? I mean, this wasn't just an accident or a compromise. It was a compromise, but what was the purpose? Of course, it was to 
make it more difficult to pass laws. The framers were of the view that to protect liberty from the government, to protect liberty, you had to make it difficult to pass laws, and having different representatives based on different constituencies would tend to assure that the law had broad support, that it was not something that was ill-thought-out, and better to have missed an opportunity with some good laws than to pass some bad laws. That was their view, and that's the why, why we have it set up this way, to make it difficult to pass a law. So, you know, that's not part of the answer to the question. That's the background. That's our saying, well, why is it that way? So that people come away, not just having memorized an answer, of course, but with something really worth knowing. And there are lots of examples like that in the questions where you can ask the question, well, why? Or explain that. One of the questions you may find easy is name a U.S. territory. Have at it, Vicki. Name a U.S. territory. Puerto Rico. Good. There are five U.S. territories, and any one of the five names is a correct answer. But this is what's not there. What is a territory? How is a territory different from a state? How many of our states used to be territories? You know... We, we fought a revolution over taxation without representation, and so people in the territories were being taxed and not represented and wanted to become states. They tried to organize and get enough population to qualify to become states. And just the Louisiana Purchase, I think, gave us 50, what are now 15 states. And, mm-hmm. of course, we have states that one of which used to be an independent uh, republic, one of which was a, briefly a kingdom. Hawaii, by the way, was a kingdom. That's kind of interesting when you think about it, and what we want to do is get people to think about it. Federalism, take that as an example. You know, we just lived through this, and we're not through with COVID. Mm. And what was the role of the federal government, and what about the states? It was a perfect example of federalism, where the federal government did what it is good at, what it was best positioned to do, namely stimulate the production of the vaccines, and the governors of the states were responsible for health and safety, because Health and safety is not in the Constitution for the federal government. And so that gave us this diversity of approaches, this sort of laboratory in which one governor could look at what effect, what happens in another state and say, that's a good idea, I'm going to follow it, or I don't like what happened in that state and we're not going to follow it. That's federalism at work. People saw it happening, but I don't think they understood what it was, many of them. Why isn't civics being taught in schools as much anymore, do you think? You know, it's hard to say. I think some things have been shoehorned into the curriculum that weren't there when civics had a big place in the role a role in the curriculum. I think by middle school and maybe earlier, but certainly by middle school and high school, sex education is a part of the curriculum in many, probably most public high schools. In some, it's financial literacy. Now, there are other things that might have been added, and so things something had to go, and sometimes it was music or art or civics, and those are all worthwhile, but civics is essential. I mean, it's essential to our continuation as a viable, self-governing people. As Americans, do we have a responsibility to understand and participate in the democratic process? I think we do. I mean, we have a responsibility to vote. And beyond that, we have opportunities. And this is in the answer to one of the questions about participating. What can you do beyond voting? And, of course, it's an obligation to accept jury service, it's called. A new citizen takes a, an oath that includes a, the commitment to serve in the military if called and qualified. So there are responsibilities of citizenship, but there are also these opportunities to participate beyond voting by getting involved with a political party or going to governing events, to school board meetings, local town halls held by congressmen or senators, 
to get involved in the selection process and to run for office. That's also an option. You know, we, we're not supposed to be governed by a clique of aristocrats. It's a position open to anyone to seek. So it's important to understand that. And not everyone does, including recent graduates. Is there a certain age group that this is geared toward? Well, not really. I think that certainly starting in grade seven, there's nothing that would be difficult for a student to absorb. It's worth repeating or doing, as we used to do, doing civics again in high school. And I think that's a great idea to do it once and then revisit it later on. But no, there's no real minimum. And in the, in the show that I did for PBS, The More or Less Perfect Union, because it was entertaining and because it was engaging, I found people telling me that their very young children were also capable of watching it, interested in watching it and capable of understanding it. So I don't think there's any real minimum age, but certainly by middle school. How can we find Civics Fundamentals with Judge Ginsburg? It is so easy. It's at civicsfundamentals.org. Pretty easy. And you just sort of think about we're putting the fun back into civics, so it's fundamentals. Civicsfundamentals.org. You don't need any more than that. And totally free. We ask people to register just so we know how many are using it. And later on, we can ask them for their opinions. But that's it. Thank you so much for talking with us today. And I am looking forward to taking the quiz at Civics Fundamentals with Judge Ginsburg. Thank you, Vicki. Take a look. You'll enjoy it. I think you'll get hooked and answer them all. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.